0: What would it be? The clothing part is just the
1: first step. It just gets them in the door and then the rest is them. But it just can't be understated how powerful what we wear can be.
0: Today, I'm sitting down with the gorgeous and very talented Caitlin Mouaha, a successful digital CEO in the fashion industry. Caitlin's career has been a whirlwind from being a stay-at-home mum to a part-time stylist and now running a seven-figure online business. Her passion for supporting women to get dressed with confidence every day led her to create an online community called the CM Style Squad, which has since supported over 2,200 women in their own individual style journeys. Caitlin's philosophy of style made simple is the basis of her program, which empowers everyday women to make the right style choices for their individual body shape, lifestyle, and budget. As a young woman, Caitlin had self limiting beliefs around her potential to earn money. But she overcame them through a series of low-cost offers, consistent and generous social media presence, and continued to work on her mindset, confidence and determination. Caitlin and I have had lots of chats about body types, fashion, uh, what a stylist really does, and I cannot wait to dive into Caitlin’s journey and learn how she built a successful online business, her tips for mastering mindset, and the importance of empowering women through style. This is going to be fun. Caitlin, I am so excited to have you on the podcast finally. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be starting my day with this chat. Oh, it's just so beautiful to see your face. We spent some time together a year ago. So um, I've missed you since then. And your business has gone bananas in that time. It's just been so wonderful to watch you online. But let's kick in to our topic today, because I know you'll have something really interesting to talk about. If there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be?
1: So for me, I think it's when women feel fully self-expressed and confident in their personal style, the impact that that then has on their lives and the relationships in their life. Ooh, I like that.
0: So, all right, well, let's dig in more. I obviously know about your background and what you do. You're a style coach and all those kind of expertise, things that you do, but why is this something you're passionate about?
1: For me, I just feel that and I've been blessed to see thousands of examples of this but fashion and personal style can often be dismissed as something that is frivolous or unimportant and I see time and time again the impact that women who feel confident and fully self-expressed in their style how that enriches their own lives and the relationships in their life. And I experienced it firsthand almost, I don't know, 12 years ago when I was lost in my own personal style and self-confidence and who I was as a person.
0: Well, let's take take us back to then then, like in terms of start of your journey and how you got into this. What did you do and how did you recognise that? Did you get assistance like externally or like... Did you just bumble your way through? Pretty much was bumbling to, <laughs> to start out with. What I
1: find and in the women that I work with is that it's often a transitional point in our lives where we find ourselves struggling and it's often after having kids. It could be after a relationship breakdown. It could be a huge career change or even later in life like menopause and things like that that really drastically alter where we're at in life. And for me, it was having two kids really quickly together at quite a young age and then thinking, who the hell am I and where do I go from here? And I guess I was never someone who was really, really confident in my style, but I was never underconfident. And I just kind of like with that fake confidence of a young person, (laughs) bumbled my way through. But it really got to that crux where I could no longer get dressed. I didn't know what to wear. I felt like my body was wrong. I always felt that I was the problem. And funnily enough, I enrolled in a course to become a personal stylist, not thinking that I even needed the help. I was not even self-aware that I needed it. But it was only after I learned the theories and everything that I was going to apply to other women and applied it back to myself that I saw how powerful that transition can be.
0: Yeah. Wow. And me having known you, only seen you, obviously this version of you, I would find that so hard to believe that you were not confident in that because you have a beautiful air of just really relaxed confidence. You know, you're not over the top. You always look stunningly gorgeous, but you know, we spent a retreat together. So it was very relaxed and you just looked effortlessly beautiful every time. So that's really interesting to hear that that was your background. So you learned those kind of skills and techniques and then started to apply it to yourself and then decided, okay, more people, need this help is that kind of what then led you to do what you do now
1: yeah so I started off really traditionally in personal styling where I had one-to-one clients so I would take you to the local shopping center and we'd whip around the store and I'd get you sorted with this wish list of things that you wanted but the more that I started to do that the less genuine I felt about that experience because for me I knew that I could take you shopping for two hours I could get you sorted. But there was only so much education I could give you in that time too. And I would think, well, then what happens to Michelle when the season changes and it's winter now? And then you're like, well, I had my summer wardrobe sorted. How do I do winter? What happens in five years time if you put on weight or you lose weight or you go through this transitional stage? And I felt that instead of just taking you shopping at those kind of key points, I really wanted to set you up for success so that you knew what to do, which is unusual in the personal styling industry, because it's quite a good business model that you could just have these repeat clients. But for me, I felt that that education element of my services was missing. And so that's why I went on to
0: create this really hybrid model of Kind of personal style and education together. I love the fact that you, you know, people always think about a personal stylist and it's like only for the celebrities or people that have a lot of money. And I think the lovely thing about what you do is actually you make it real for everyday people. You know, you go to Kmart and you go, okay, if you are shopping here, these are the things that you need to get and do. And I, it's just a beautiful point of difference of what you do, Caitlin, as well, which is amazing. But let's still dig into the styling component and how it changes your feeling and being, I guess, to your core point of why people should focus more, I guess, on their style and the way they present to the world. Because fundamentally, you're saying you believe that that outward expression of yourself has an impact inwardly in lots of other ways, right? Is that what you're kind of getting at? Absolutely. So
1: a very like simple, basic example that I'm sure that all of us can relate to is if you've ever had a special occasion that you're going to And you struggle to get dressed, right? Like just everything in your wardrobe doesn't work. I've got a wedding coming up. I'm
0: stressing about.
1: (laughs) Totally. And if you land on an outfit that you don't feel great in, we all know the flow and effect of that. We're mad with our partner. We might snap at our children. And we show up to the event feeling less than, right? Either we're underconfident or it's uncomfortable in our body, and we are always the problem, right? It's our problem. We're not good enough at shopping. We don't know what our best color is. We don't have enough money to buy the fancy stuff, or our body is wrong, or whatever that is, and that's just like a huge tumbleweed of emotions that comes into the occasion, and then the flow on effect to the people around us, and we've all experienced that. And hopefully we've also all experienced the converse where we just love what we're wearing, right? Like we just feel great in our outfit. And maybe we don't have the language behind why things work, like it's a great colour or it's a great cut or whatever it might be, but we feel great. And then how we show up in that occasion is the complete opposite. Where the best version of ourselves, where the relationships around us work. And My biggest goal is that women can just get on with their life, right? I just want women to get up in the morning, put on an outfit and not think about it again. I'm not thinking that we all day need to be obsessed with what we're wearing. But when we feel good and confident, we park that at the door and then we go on to do all the amazing things that women do every single day.
0: I love that. You spend a lot of time in block colours and then accessories and stuff like that, that you're always big on as well. So if there's like simple advice for people listening today that you could go, okay, here's a couple of key things to think about to begin with, what would you start off with?
1: Without doing any of the kind of theory and the technicality, which is all the things that I teach, the first thing is is to pay attention. So bring that mindfulness back to the situation particularly if you're someone that struggles with getting dressed it's often a chore in the morning right and often we're just hiding something so we get dressed to hide something but we will all have things in our wardrobe that we like or that we get compliments when we wear and so bring that attention to those things just start to take notice oh I always get compliments when I wear green. okay maybe green's a good color maybe I could add more green to my wardrobe or, I always feel good when I wear this fabric, let me have a look at the little fabric tag and what is it? Oh, okay, I prefer to wear things that are 100% cotton rather than polyester, whatever it might be. And then we arm ourselves with the tools and the information to add more of that in. Where so many of us go wrong is we lose that mindful element of what are we buying? What do we even need in our wardrobe? and what is going to set us up for success often we'll just scroll social media and caitlin's wearing this black jumper with diamantes oh maybe i'll i'll go and get that but black might not be a great color for you you might live in queensland so you'd never wear this anyway so (laughs) but yeah we really disconnected ourselves from our personal style and we're always looking outward for what other people are telling us we should buy or wear or have
0: So you do a number of different things, don't you? You have a couple of courses that you run. You also do like a monthly outfit guide, which I think is really clever, you know, especially for the different seasons as well as every month. And that's really kind of helping people to use what's in their wardrobe already, isn't it? Yeah. And then you have a membership. So just give a bit of a view of what is it you do in terms of helping people and what are the key elements, I guess, that people get the most from, like in terms of the change that you see from your clients? Because I think that'd be really interesting.
1: So my biggest transformational program is my course, Five Stages to Style. And that's where I basically teach the five key elements that I believe women should know to be able to feel fully self-expressed in their personal style. And my end goal is always for women to get dressed with confidence every day, which for some women will sound like impossible and others might be on the way there with just a few wobbly days. But What I teach is body shape and proportion. So understanding your own body shape, because that's absolutely gonna dictate what's gonna look good on me versus what's gonna look good on you. So that's, you know, do you wear a large print or a small print? Are you better with small jewelry or like big statement pieces? Then we do wardrobe organization, which is where we get really like down and dirty with what we actually have in our wardrobe and what do we need. Then we go on to color so we understand what our best colors are which is probably the most fundamental and transformational bit of information and then we get really clear on our own personal style what do you actually want to wear and when people hear personal style you touched on it before that sometimes we think it's only for the rich and famous or you have to already be stylish to have a personal style but it literally just means it could be jeans and a t-shirt. It could be really corporate, it could be really girly, it could be tomboy, there's no right or wrong but it's understanding what yours is so that you don't waste time, money and energy trying to be someone that you're not.
0: And I think that's a key point, Caitlin, is that, oh, who gives a shit? Fashion and clothing, why does that have such an impact? But you only have to think about things like through lockdown and, you know, when we've been in isolation, when most of us were wearing, you know, leisure wear. (laughs) And the difference I think it makes when you dress up for work. And I always like, if I had a serious meeting doing serious business, then I'd be like, okay, I need to put the serious outfit on today. And it used to just change my attitude or the way I felt about myself or just my persona a little bit. And how do you encourage people to understand that clothing and your personal style is so much more than just the fabrics of what you wear, I guess? It's a funny
1: marriage of an inward result with an outward solution. So, you know, we're putting these clothes on the outside, which really helps to foster that confidence from the inside out. And then it's just chicken and egg from there. You know, you feel more confident, so you try something else. And then you've tried that, so you feel great. But what you wear, it's like a first impression before you've even said anything. And what I love the most is that when I see other women dressing up, showing up, whatever that looks like, whether it's fancy pyjamas or a blazer and a pair of tailored pants, it gives permission for those around you to do the same. And it's not our job to tell anyone else what to do, but it's so powerful when you see a woman standing confidently in her style and often women are afraid to be seen, right? I don't want to wear that to the school pickup because what if they judge me? Or I can't wear that when I see my family because they don't understand. But the more that you show up exactly who you want to be in an authentic way, it absolutely gives permission to those around you to do the same.
0: You're just listening to you say that and thinking about getting older. And as you're saying like people going through different changes and stuff. And I interviewed some amazing women recently that were in their sixties. I asked them about that whole kind of premise of mutton dressed up as lamb and they're like, we don't give a shit. You know, we don't pay attention to other people. We dress for ourselves. We dress, you know, in terms of actually bringing joy and lightness and just that fulfilment, I guess, to themselves. And a lot of women don't dress that way. And I'm curious about your view of like your family or someone says to you, oh, you shouldn't dress like that or you shouldn't wear that. And yet you might see someone that you go, that person looks amazing, but it's not how other people normally see them. How do you guide them through that? Because that's an interesting transition when people are trying to find their style and maybe they don't have that confidence to begin with. Absolutely. And it is confidence at the end of the day. And of course, there
1: are tricks like fake it till you make it and all that kind of stuff. But really, I think it's starting small. I had this great client who joined my star squad so my membership and I always attract women in these transitional points in their life but I often don't know until later down the track when they feel safe to share with me and she was going through a big relationship breakdown so separating from her husband of many many years and she eventually told me that a co-worker had told her once that she should never wear pants she looked much better in skirts she should never wear pants And her ex-husband had told her that, you know, she shouldn't wear leather and all this stuff. She looked too manly in a leather jacket. And so for years, she never wore pants, never, ever wore pants because of the opinions of others. And from joining the squad and being around a community of women, which is probably the biggest element to success is having that supportive community of black-minded women. She bought one pair of jeans and then she wore that pair of jeans posted a picture in our Facebook group and of course we were cheering her on and then she bought a ripped pair of jeans wore that loved it and so slowly slowly over time she kept adding in another element she kept trying another thing and maybe she wore something and then was like oh that didn't feel right and you know one step back but through that confidence of small tiny wins along the way she now has leather pants jeans Trousers, you know, like full wardrobe of pants. And again, you know, it sounds frivolous when you think, you know, this woman came and she didn't have any pants, and now she's got a wardrobe of pants. But it's so much deeper than that, and it's that freedom and that confidence and that self-expression, and the fact that she's been able to stop looking outwards for what she permission for what she should be doing, and really come back inside to what do I want to wear? What actually makes me feel good? What is my personal style? And it's so powerful then in her life and how she shows up in the
0: world again. Yeah, it's it's actually sad, isn't it? Like it's a great example, but how, how sad is that for many, many years she never wore trousers at all? Like it, when you say trousers, I thought you meant like work trousers, let alone jeans. The poor thing. <laughs> it's so common.
1: And you think about someone's mum would have said, you should never wear pink. And someone's grandma says, these two colors can't go together. We travel through life with all of these kind of style rules that other people have placed on us without even realizing it often, you know, we just think, oh no, I never wear yellow. Oh no, someone once told me that looked bad, so I don't do that. So it's again, breaking it down, understanding what you want and what works best. And then it's just a trail of small wins, which will get
0: you there over time. Oh, I love that. And I think the key point though, is the historical fashion imprints that have been put on us and almost like breaking that and shedding that down and then starting from scratch again. And you know, one of the classic ones I always see is people that always wear monochrome, like it's either white, black, navy, that's it. You know, I've got a couple of friends that just dress like that and they look amazing. They always look fantastic. And I used to dress like that, being an ex-Melbourne girl as well. (laughs) And then I came to Sydney and then I lived in London and then I started to bring colour and patterns and wear a lot of floral and stuff. And I love colour, but I always feel a little bit like you know, are they judging me? Because they're monochrome, they hate colour and they just think, oh, that's too busy. Especially, you know, things like Camilla. They're like, oh, that's a bit much. (laughs) I'm like, I live in Palm Beach. This is what I should be wearing. (laughs) I love wearing that shit. And our style, like it
1: is allowed to evolve over time as well. You know, nothing is set in stone. But I think it's that, are you wearing colour because you love it? Or are you wearing colour because you live in Palm Beach? It's just that awareness. We just dismiss it so quickly without really crediting the impact that it can have.
0: Yeah, let's touch a little bit more on that then about you've seen that transition with people. So you've given some great examples of getting people to realise their own sort of style, and then the impact that that then can make on their life. And as you say, and then the impact on others around them. So I guess them as a mother, a partner, a work colleague, what have you seen that when people get really authentic with their style and the impact that then that has on the rest of their life, what sort of outcomes have you had with your clients? It just becomes easy. It's
1: just a flow. I think it makes me sad when I think about how many women start the day on the back foot when we're struggling to get dressed or we have a wardrobe full of things that used to fit us, pre-COVID doesn't fit us anymore, and yet we hang on to it. Do you always say get rid of it? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Even if there's pieces you love? If you love it, keep it, but don't keep it in prime real estate of your wardrobe, right? So when we open our wardrobe, however it's set up, if the first thing that we see is a whole bunch of things that don't fit or don't work or they're from our corporate days or whatever, we're flicking through that wasted time, energy and emotion. But if we open our wardrobe and even like the first section that we see are pieces that we love, are pieces that fit us, are pieces that work for whatever our current lifestyle is, even if it's super casual. We start the day on the front foot, right? And we can can just get going with our day. But so many of us start like, that doesn't fit. Oh God, I spent so much money on that. I feel so guilty about that. I never wear that. All of that, right? It's so common. And we get dressed every day. Some of us get dressed twice a day. (laughs) You know, whatever we've got happening. And if that's our experience with our clothes, it's exhausting and deflating. All right, so get that right first, yep. Get that right first. And then the positive impact is that we feel good about ourselves. We feel confident in who we are. We maybe put ourselves forward for things that we never used to. I've had lots of examples of women kind of coming into my programs off the back of years of stay-at-home mum life situation, really re-entering the workforce. We have these beautiful threads in my Facebook group where someone's going for their first interview or their first day at work and they'll post like this huge array of photos, you know, what should I wear? And this community of hundreds of women come in and they say, this one, that one, no, this one, not that one, this one with these shoes. And it's so empowering to know that you've got that backing of these women and that you're making the right choice and that you're doing the right thing. Because I think that questioning of, is this right? Is this colour right? You know, that can really eat away at us. So we've had so many beautiful examples of women who have put themselves forward in situations for the first time and felt success and found success. And the clothing part is just the first step. It just gets them in the door, just gets them out the door probably. (laughs) And then the rest is them, but it just can't be understated how powerful what we wear can
0: be. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. And it's funny, you know, just listening to you talk then about, I was thinking about, you know, men in this sort of space as well, where over the years I've worked with some men that wear some pretty daggy stuff and it never seems to stop them. (laughs) Yeah, I remember one senior guy tried to tell me about what to wear once and I looked at him and I said, mate, you're no style counsel. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to listen to you. You're like the worst dresser in the office. And I think he was so offended, but I'm like you bought this on because you actually decided to have an opinion about telling me what to wear and I'm a mature woman, I can work out my own wardrobe.
1: (laughs) A lesson that we can take from men though is that often they're really good at knowing what works for them and rinse and repeat. So like they almost always have a style uniform without calling it a style uniform, but they're so confident in like, this is just what works. You know, it might be a polo shirt and a pair of jeans and a boat shoe, right? Like nothing revolutionary, but they buy it in multiple different colors and they always stand in that. Whereas as women, we think, oh, I should wear more color and I should try this skirt and oh, cargo pants are trending. I should go and buy that. And when you can pair that right back and almost create, like if you look at my social media, I wear a combination of the same formula of outfits it's usually a high-waisted pant it's usually some kind of tank top and it's usually some kind of jacket and of course I've got a variety within that but I'm very formulaic in how I get dressed because I know what makes me feel good and when you figure out what that is all the pieces of the puzzle come together it's a really powerful thing to know that like that's just how I want to show up today. And men do that really well, because they just know what works and they stick to it. Whereas we confuse ourselves (laughs) with all the options we feel like we need to have.
0: I think that's the other point is I remember reading many years ago about French women, they have small wardrobes, but they spend a lot, you know, in terms of actually they have very good quality items, but they have few of them versus us. And it kind of lends, I guess, to the whole conversation about fast fashion these days, you know, so I'm curious on your thoughts about that, of are you better off to be really clear to that point of finding what works for you and then maybe just having a few versions rather than having this massive wardrobe that is complicated and difficult to sift through every day. What's your kind of advice there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Less is more, A 1,000%. Sustainable fashion is difficult because where we're missing, there's a missing link between size inclusive options and affordable options and sustainable options. And so that's where I understand the necessity of K-marts and Targets and places like that because they're size inclusive, they're easily available, they're easily accessible, even if you live remotely and they're affordable. But I do feel that we need to slow the roll with the purchasing and jump off the kind of fashion treadmill. The biggest advice that I could give to someone who feels that they get caught up in wanting to buy and needing to have things is that even if you took a three-month shopping hiatus and just took a little break as soon as you jumped back onto that fashion treadmill there would be something that you want like you're never going to miss out there's always going to be something there that you like and that you want so we don't need to get caught up in we have to have this now but absolutely the less we have in our wardrobe the easier it can be and one pair of amazing fitting jeans will always trump 10 pairs of average ones and most of us have 10 pairs of average jeans and not many of us have that one pair of great jeans that fits no matter what and so that might be an investment of more money to buy better quality or and most commonly it's the investment of more time so the investment of time to do a program like mine to really understand what fundamentally you're looking for or investment of time to go around to the shops and try on like 50 different pairs rather than just two. So investment is important, but it doesn't always have to mean money.
0: Wonderful. And I'm going to finish on that. I could talk to you all day and dissect my entire wardrobe. <laughs> we'll get you to do that sometime in the future, kate Yeah, we'll do that next time. <laughs> Darling, it's been so lovely to hear your view on this stuff. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. I'm going to have all the show notes with all the information, how people can find you because you're doing so many good things for people and really changing people's attitudes, their confidence and their impact on the world literally through your assistance in in helping them with their fashion and finding their style. So well done, you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com.